I, excuse me, sorry, sorry. Did you say San Diego? I think you mean Slam Diego. The Browns have won a playoff game. This is not a drill. This is not a joke. The Milwaukee Bucks should have been wearing them Creed City jerseys. That's why they lost. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. Uh, we've got a pretty excited Expansion Buddies co-host right now. I'm sure no one can figure out why. Don't let him take it away. Uh, to quote Tom Brady, how about that? <laughs> I thought um, that was a great quote when Tom Brady got to lift the Lombardi trophy with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'm very happy. Um, every time I think about it, I just start smiling. As soon as I got to start talking about this, I started smiling. I think it's great for a lot of reasons. One of the big ones being pretty much everybody counted out the Buccaneers. There was a few people that didn't, but if you looked at the big media outlets, if you watched our last podcast, basically everybody counted out the Bucks. They figured Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs would put the run on us in one way, shape, or form. And, you know, we did what we have done all playoffs. We found a way to make it work, and we made it work. And it was pretty darn successful. Yeah, uh, guilty as charged over here. I was one of the people last week that I picked the Chiefs to win. And I think a lot of people picked the Chiefs to win based off of the same things I did. I looked at that offense, and I – I was a bad sports fan because I did not learn from the history that sports has taught us time and time and time and time again is that defense wins championships. And that old saying rings true year after year. And I don't know why we, including myself, clearly don't listen to it more uh, because it's, it's the gospel defense wins championships and what you guys did to Kansas city the other night was just unbelievable. Yeah. So again, much, I, I feel like I have to do this much. Like I had to after the green Bay game. Yes. There were some bad calls and some bad refing, but you take those away. The, the crappy pass interference call on Mike Evans, um, which I, I agree. I totally agree. I think it should have been a non-call, but it is what it is. And here we are. Um, and then the stuff with Tyre Matthew in the end zone, where players were getting a little chippy before that too. Again, I'm sorry. If you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I'm sure you're like, but the refs. Listen though, listen. But The the difference is with the Green Bay game in this game, and I'm not even going to, you know, really defend the Green Bay game either, but the Green Bay game was close enough where a ref call may have influenced it one way or another. This game, it didn't matter. It it didn't matter. Those calls doesn't make up a 22-point deficit or the fact that you guys can – or that the Chiefs can get into the end zone. A ref call does not change the fact that our defensive front had Patrick Mahomes running for his life, sometimes 20 to 30 yards back behind the the line of scrimmage. Ref calls don't change that. At the end of the day, the fact of the matter is our defense outplayed your offense. And the defense – I've said it all year long. We've had the best run defense. I think it showed because Kansas City never even really tried to get a run game going. They put basically everything on Patrick Mahomes. And our cornerbacks, our safeties, our linebackers, they all stepped up. They held Tyreek Hill to basically nothing. They held held Kelsey to basically nothing. 
Um, and the few passes that were there, they couldn't catch. Yeah. I mean, you had Patrick Mahomes making crazy. And I will say Patrick Mahomes, I think he played excellent. Oh, I was going to say it too. I don't think you can pin hardly any of this loss on him. When I, you have a man that is making pinpoint laser focused throws. Well, he's vertical. Vertical. Oh my Lord. That's I'm sorry, but you've got to be prepared to catch a ball from Patrick Mahomes at any point that literally bounced off. The oh, he his two crazy passes. Yeah. That one, especially hit both of his targets right in the numbers and they both dropped them. Like, and they, then man, I got to, as far as the chiefs go, you got to shout out Brian Pringle. That guy has been making news all year long. He's one of those guys that I think when we talked about in the past, watch him. He is going to be a difference maker on the team, whether it's with the Chiefs or somebody else later on. There's one moment where Patrick Mahomes was wondering for his life. He's falling back, and it was very much a I, – I was reminded of Jameis Winston where he's falling back, and he's just like, oh, man, I'll send it. Mike Evans <laughs> got to be out there somewhere. But Brian Pringle, that corner of the end zone, makes this diving catch. He was out – out of bounds but he went and he went out for that thing and I don't know I don't remember if he dropped it or if he had enough control of it that if he wasn't it would be considered a catch but oh excuse me but it was insane the guy great receiver great on special teams watch him but enough about the Kansas City Chiefs and I do give respect to them I think they I was going to say that I think they played a good game, but honestly, I think they could have played a better game. Yeah, clearly. Uh, yeah. I kind of, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have some personal thoughts as well. Um, I am really disappointed and uh, not head coach Reed, not head coach Andy Reed, but his son, who is a coach. Um, and Jared, we talked about this before too, but uh, for those of you that may not have noticed that or seen the news, um, Andy Reid's son, who is, I believe, a linebacker's coach, if I remember correctly, uh, was in an accident the day before the Super Bowl, uh, in which he, as last I saw, was being investigated for drunk driving because he allegedly had a few drinks before driving, getting in this accident. And in this accident, two children were hospitalized. Um, I'm sure you saw it in the news or during the Super Bowl. Uh I, I am personally really unimpressed. I don't think many people would be, uh, but. Yeah, just yeah. a horrible, horrible story um, coming out of Kansas City. And yeah, I, I guess I don't really know what else there is to say that it's just awful. And your heart goes out to those two kids, their family, yeah. to everyone involved, really. But, uh, you know. Yeah, just horrible situation. At the end of the day, if you are a person that goes and drinks and drives and makes that choice, you are a scummy person. Mm-hmm. And I I hope that the Kansas City Chiefs move on from him, that they cut him. I hope Andy Reid, as tough as it may be for him as a father, cuts him out of the team. Because that is – if you want to – build that culture that that mindset of champions that is not something that i think you should be associated with but anyway i digress um another thing we we've talked about before in the past is 
like the situation in Seattle with domestic abuse. And that I still think is something that has not been uh, handled, handled uh, well. No. Uh, and unfortunately the league has a pretty blotchy history in terms of handling stuff like that Uh, i really wish i said it at the time i'll say it again i really wish that seattle had done more that they had you know they made their initial statement but that a statement's not enough for something like that and you know i'm sure when the time comes the chiefs will make a statement if they haven't already about this situation a statement is not enough there needs to be an active conscious effort to take preventative measures from having this stuff happen in the future. Um, whether it be domestic abuse, alcohol abuse, whatever the problem may be, uh, just more needs to be done on a team level and a league level, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, though, that's uh, getting into some more depressing stuff. So let's Let's turn it back happy and let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I was going to say, I felt like we jumped in initially with like all the X's and O's and the nitty gritty of the game. The, the fans want to know what a Bucks fan is feeling right now. I mean, this is your second championship for your franchise. I know. And this is my first one really as a cognizant football fan. I So it's, it's just, I'm ecstatic. That's, I... I am I'm really happy with how Tom Brady ended up working out this year. Um it's one of those things too. Tom Brady has se- now seven Super Bowl rings. And if you look, I think comparatively with what he accomplishes for how much his contracts average out being, he he's not getting paid nearly as much as I think he could be asking for. He's not getting goat money and exactly. he, he is the goat. And I will but- I, I, it's one thing I, I think I really respect about Tom Brady, especially now having him on the, having had him on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is he doesn't take that huge, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson money, and that does allow the team to spend money in other places to support the quarterback. Definitely, and I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. He, he's been known to do, or was known to do that in New England too. You know, he would take pay cuts to try to keep the talent around him there in New England. And uh, the other guy I saw that was being very selfless with his money in terms of helping the team out is Mike Evans sounds like said he would be willing to take uh, pay cuts here and there just to try to keep this core group together for you guys. And speaking of things I'm feeling, I am so happy for especially Mike Evans. He has been with this team through some bad times and he has constantly been a shining light, a beacon um, who constantly performs. And I think he finally has had his, his chance to shine. You know, it hasn't been his best season. It was still a great season, but he's had that team loyalty stuck with us. He hasn't gone chasing, you know, championships or rings or anything. And it's paid off. Uh, you have Chris Godwin, same kind of story. Cameron Braid. It's these these guys that over the past few years I've really loved or come to love through watching them play. Even through the Jameis Winston days. Yeah. I'm I'm just so happy for those guys because they finally did get to the 
the championship, the trophy, and they won it. They got to take that home. Well, and we've talked about this in other sports. Uh, it was a crazy, crazy year. So I, I'm sure some people out there are saying, you know, does this count? You know, is there an asterisk? Hell no, there isn't. There is not an asterisk for this in football. There wasn't for baseball. There wasn't for basketball. Athletes this year had to overcome more than they've ever had to in a regular season. So if there is an asterisk, it's an asterisk the other way, saying that this year of all years was tougher. And I, we were kind of talking about it a few days ago. Uh, you, you brought up how one of our very first episodes where we were talking about the upcoming NFL season, you actually said, watch, this will be the year that the Bucks win it. Well, you spoke it into existence. Yeah, buddy. I guess I did. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I don't want to hear anyone say that there should be an asterisk next to this season for the Buccaneers. And the other thing is at this point, I would love to debate anybody who still doesn't think that Tom Brady is the best to ever lace him up and go out there on a field and do it because to win seven titles is impressive enough in its own right. But the fact that he did this in his first year at a new place, learning a new system, uh, you know, yes, he came to a talented team, but you've talked about it many times before it wasn't just like, you know, he just came in and coasted into a Super Bowl with this great roster around him. No, his attitude, his his mindset is a huge reason that Tampa Bay ended up where they ended up this year. And, you know, you think of other great quarterbacks at the end of their careers who have either petered out or, you know, they went to another team like Brady did, but they didn't do anything with it. I think of Joe Montana when he went to the Chiefs for one or two years at the end of his career. He didn't do anything noteworthy. I mean, if Brady retired tomorrow, this would be one of his greatest accomplishments, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, it is not as easy of a thing to do as I think a lot of people just get it misconstrued in their head. This is truly incredible, and I think this is coming from someone who did not like Tom Brady growing up back in the day watching him on the Patriots, didn't like him. Uh, I like him now. It's a lot easier to root for him now. And I yeah, now that he's Tampa Tom, <laughs> Tampa Tom, as I told you, I think <laughs> Tampa is, Tom is having a good time right now. <laughs> if anyone saw the Buccaneers Super Bowl parade, I guess they called it a parade, but it was more like it was a, a yacht boat club, parade you know, boat party. Uh, yeah. On Wednesday, Tampa Tom is having the time of his life. He had a little bit of the, the liquid courage, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, he throwing the Lombardi trophy around on boats uh, down there in Tampa in the shorts and the t-shirt. Uh, a little bit different than Boston, Tom. Yeah. That's, I think, I've said it kind of before, but I think that honestly, Tom Brady came down to Florida to have some fun. <laughs> and I think he's having fun. He absolutely is. And he's allowed, like he, he was never this guy in new England. Cause I don't think to an extent he was allowed to be, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think the culture allowed for it. I think, you know, Papa Belichick was just like, yeah, no fun here, please. Well, and that makes a difference. I mean, not just, you know, and guys is personalized, but what the product they put on the field. I mean, you could tell this whole playoff run that your team was just having fun with it. Really? I mean, yes, there were serious moments. And when you're in the playoffs, it's do or die, but they were having fun out there. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very proud of how the Buccaneers 
navigated this playoffs. There's a lot of doubt from people going into the playoffs. And I think, you know, like we've said, a real football doesn't start till January. It's true. But, you know, to get where we got again with a new quarterback, a second year coach, and basically no preseason what to speak of, I think uh, I think this is a this is gonna be a excuse me again. This is gonna be a Tampa Bay team I, I think about a lot in the next few years. And I'm hoping we're I'm hoping we're back, but yeah, you never well, know sometimes when you make it back. And that's what I was going to say, too. The other thing that I think this game really showed that a lot of people take for granted in sports, but especially in football, is just how hard it is to repeat. You know, it is mm-hmm. it, it, the Chiefs had a great, great season. You know, no one can deny that the numbers say that, but it is hard to do it back to back. The last team that did it was still the Patriots in 03 and 04. I know because my Seahawks got this close and couldn't quite do it. And I don't mean to be Debbie Downer, but I think this is going to be a lesson you're going to see next year. And I don't mean just oh, yeah. playoffs, but I mean, all season long, you're going to have your, every team you play is going to give you their best shot because you are the defending champs now. And it's an honor. It's a great honor to have, but it's going to make the season that much tougher as you'll find out. But it's just so hard to repeat in this league and who knows you guys could do it. It's really going to, a lot of it obviously is going to come down to how much of that core you can keep Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, if guys are willing to take pay cuts and keep the team together, our defense right now, I think is, you know, I don't think anything will ever quite come to what our O two O three defense was, but right now I think we've, we've got the best defense we've had since that point. I would, I, I would say it's our second best defense we've ever had, mm-hmm. you know, especially with our, with our defensive front. It's, and you know, we've got guys that people were like, ah, they're, they're in their twilight years. They're, they're done, you know? And I was talking about how people, a lot of people I felt like thought, you know, with Sue and JPP coming to Tampa, that they were just coming there basically to write out the last few years of their career and call her good. But look at the difference that JPP made in the Super Bowl. He was all over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he had a monster game. Um, but and you know, we've got those older veterans, and we got some young guys that I think if they keep playing for us, they're just gonna continue to to pay dividends. You know, Devin White is a is a stud man he is going to be a star you you watch him i think i think he will continue to impress for as long as he's in the league and he's my way too early like he's a he's in his second year but i could totally see that kid going to the going to the hall of fame if he continues to do what he's been doing um and then of course our other two young guys well i guess tristan Wirfs is on the offense i want to talk about our o-line here in a second but um Vita Vea, who again is just a young. Yeah, having you know, him back a, was big. A, it was huge. And that's, you know, just those guys being all over Patrick Mahomes. You know, they play, they made sure he had a tough physical game. And you could tell by the end, it, it was getting to Mahomes. He was having to constantly run for his life. He was constantly getting if not on the ground he was constantly given shoved and squished between his guys and ours he was taking a beating but i digress 
I saw on Twitter actually from That's Good Sports, he said that Tampa's O-line was the the hidden gem of the season, and it really was. If you look at how well how much has improved since last year to this year, from Jameis Winston, who I think felt constantly pressured to get something done, to Tom Brady this year, who I you know, he he took I think more sacks than he was used to, but he didn't take a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I mean, as someone who doesn't have stability at the O-line position, it's very important and you really don't know what you're missing till it's not there. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it has been an issue, like I said, but this year we invested in Tristan Wirfs and it's paid off. Um, and yeah, it's, I have nothing but good things right now to say about <laughs> what our O-lines accomplished. Yeah. Well, and I want to touch on your defense again real quick. Uh, two crazy uh, facts that I didn't know. First off, this is the first time that a Patrick Mahomes offense has been held without a touchdown. And I mean in the NFL, in college, and yes, in high school. Okay. Patrick Mahomes' offenses have never failed to score a touchdown until now that's incredible i mean that's all the way back to high school and then the other thing is i don't remember where i saw this but they calculated it out that during the entire super bowl the amount of times that patrick mahomes was just running around back there for his life almost added up to 500 yards of just that holy cow i did not see that you guys you guys had him on the ropes all night long. And it was something we talked about last week with the get back guys. I said it at least that if you guys were going to have a chance in this game, you needed to get pressure on Mahomes. That is where the entire chiefs offense starts and ends is with him and everything he could do. And you needed to disrupt him. And boy, I mean, you, you guys did your homework and you did it to a T and this was the result. It, uh, you know, a very convincing win in front of the entire country. And I think a lot of people, and maybe even to extent myself, as much as I listened to you rant and rave about them, didn't quite realize how good your defense actually was, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, and I, I, I would be totally remiss if I didn't also talk about Shaquille Barrett. I, I completely, you know, there was a moment during the game where Shaquille Barrett, who was one of our guys that got a sack on Mahomes, I think it was just him and Sue. Um, but anyway, he got a sack on Mahomes, and I was like, let's go. It's the Shaq, or it's Shaquille Barrett, the sack ferret. <laughs> and for those of you that don't frequent the Tampa Bay Buccaneers subreddit, that his, his nickname has become the sack ferret. And he, man, we picked him up last year from Denver. Oh, man, again, just. I, yeah, I didn't. Cause I remember you saying that and I had no idea that was his nickname. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. uh, watching the game with Justin was an experience in and of itself. People, I got to tell you, it was the time of my life because I could see you going through all of the feelings and emotions. And I'm not talking just the game, like all day though, pregame, Justin was here with me pretty much all day. Uh, I could see you going through all the same things I went through about eight years ago with Seattle and our games were very similar in the fact that our teams both won pretty handedly, but you did the same thing I did where 
even with like three minutes left and it was painfully, obviously you, you like, you guys were going to win. Like there was no way you were still like, I I'm not excited yet. Like I've refused to let myself get excited. Like until it's over. And I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I do. I will say I, I could talk about this game for a long time. Um, but I, I don't think at a certain point, I don't think it'll be good talking. I'll just be talking to myself in circles. <laughs> I do want to say on the offense, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. This year, I think one of our our gold sticker, you know, free agent signings has got to be Leonard Fournette. You know, he maybe didn't do near as much during the regular season, but playoffs, he stepped up when Ro- Ronald Jones was out, and he just got that hot hand going, and he kept going. Yeah. So in, in the Super Bowl alone, he rushing got 89 yards, which isn't bad. He did have a touchdown. Um, and, but receiving, he also had another 46 yards. He accounted for about 130 yards of our offense and a touchdown with, uh, a long, a run, his longest run being 27 yards, which was, a, which was a nice little run, which I, I believe that was a touchdown run. In fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I was going to ask you, cause I, something we also kind of talked about right after the game. Uh, who do you think should have been the MVP? Because I know they gave it to Brady. That's something we both disagreed with. Nothing against Brady, but uh, who do you think should have got it? I think it should have gone either to Rob Gronkowski or Leonard Fournette. Gronk played exceptionally well. Um, again, you know, he had six receptions for 67 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and he averaged 11.2 yards a reception. Fournette averaged um five at five about five and a half yards per carry and about 11 and a half yards per reception like those guys played crazy good yeah um i i agree i would have given one of those guys oh sorry go ahead yeah i will say tom brady was no slouch he had uh you know he had 200 uh 201 yards passing and obviously three touchdowns were passing touchdowns, but I, I don't know. I think it is somewhat worthy because he did do it with a new team, but I think, I think those guys played really well. Um, I am sad that in this offense, but that in this offense, Mike Evans and Antonio or Antonio Brown, uh, but Chris Godwin didn't get to do more because I feel like they are our, they're our homegrown talents. And I would like to see it. I would like to seen them featured more, but when they are so good, it is hard to get them out of coverage, which I think is one of the reasons it led to Gronk having such a good game. They were expecting a lot more to be going Chris Godwin and uh, Evans way, but I digress. Yeah. The other guy that I was going to throw out as a possible MVP, although I know they don't really like to give it to defense um i was gonna say jpp i i could get behind that as well um you know he didn't really like it was one of those things where his stats don't necessarily jump off the page at you but if you watched the game you could see the impact i mean all night long absolutely yeah 
So I don't know. And the MVP is such a stats and kind of popularity driven thing. Um, but, and they do obviously like to give it to the quarterback a lot, but I, I could have really, even if you're, if you're looking at the defense though, I would argue. So let me, let me do this. I, I say my offensive MVP would probably be Gronk. Uh, because I think he, I think he played really well. He was, he was explosive, especially during the first half. Um, and I'd say my, I, I can, I can agree with JPP, but I think honestly, I might give, I might give Devin White my defensive MVP. He had, he had a really good game too. He, he came in, and 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 had some great, great pressures on Mahomes. You know, no. No sacks, but he did have eight solo tackles and two tackles for loss, which um, is is pretty impressive. And I, I, same kind of thing you were saying. Like if you watch the game, you could see he was impactful. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was a uh, you know it, it, that should be telling how dominant of a win it was for you guys too. The fact that we're debating all these guys that could have been MVP. I mean, just front to back, you guys handled them with it looked like relative ease anyway so uh i've got a couple questions for you about the bucks moving forward just some big hypotheticals here the first one i'll ask you is what do you think you guys need to do um kind of right now and in this off season to set yourselves up to repeat um i think the biggest thing we need to do is try to keep as much of our defense together especially our defensive front i don't know because i think this year uh jpp i believe his contract's up because i think he was on a three-year contract this being the third year um sue i think is either going to be going into his final year or is is going to be a free agent after this year and and i don't know that we can feasibly do this um as you were kind of saying to me off the air a lot of these guys are going to want to get paid yeah it happens um, i um i i i know tom brady is on a two-year deal we have him for at least one more year um i think that'll be a boon one thing i do think for our future and before i continue on with what i think we can do to help repeat the success next year. Um, but in our future, I think one thing that we could do is try to find and maybe trade for one of the many, many quarterbacks that's on the trade block um, or even draft, you know, someone that is a quarterback that looks promising, but maybe people don't want to take a chance on that's going to be, you know, falling into the second, third round that someone that could sit and learn behind Brady for a year or two that that could be a great opportunity to get someone kind of ready and in place for for our future but um because not everybody gets a chance to learn from brady but yeah and then my other question it's more about a specific opponent of yours a rival of yours Mm -hmm. um this buccaneers win in the super bowl had to be pretty bitter for a certain Jameis winston (laughs) <laughs> and my question revolving around that is he's still going to be on the saints. As far as I can tell, 
Drew Brees is done as far as most of us know. If that is his team moving forward, what do you think those Saints Bucks games are going to be like next year? Because you knocked them out of the playoffs too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jameis Winston harbors a lot of hard feelings against the Bucks. Um, one thing I really respect about um, uh, Bruce Arians is that he is very cut and dry when it comes to it. Uh, last year when we when we were getting ready to cut or getting ready to decide either to re-sign or move on from Winston, he said, if we can win with this quarterback, we could win with another one. Uh, so I think I think Jameis Winston has some hard feelings. Jameis Winston is very, very talented. I think he has a very high ceiling. I was someone that defended him for quite a while, thinking that he would develop. He never really did. So while he has that very high ceiling, he has an incredibly low floor. I think that anger might fuel him to play some very good games, and I think they could be very, very competitive games and very chippy games as well. I'm excited to see Saints Bucks next year. I'm not going to lie. I think, I hope they that, put... That's assuming they have Jameis Winston playing. That, they could true. go the Taysom Hill route. Well, you never true. know. But even if they don't have Jameis, I'm still excited because I think you guys are the best two teams in your division, without a doubt. And I think that um, the Saints as a team are just not happy with this. I mean, you don't ever like seeing your division rival win the Super Bowl, especially if they knocked you out on the way there. Yeah. So I hope at least one of those games gets put in the primetime slot uh, I think they're going to be exciting games next year, but next year, is, next year, celebrate yeah. it now. Enjoy your Super Bowl. Uh, you, are you going to get the replica ring? That's what I do. I, I, I think I've I done. will. I haven't <laughs> ordered any merch yet, um, but I will be. Um, I will say I'm excited for next year because I think we're going to get a lot more primetime games being the defending oh, champions heck yeah you are i think the year after seattle won it we got five i think nice. we got five i think that's the max they allow for any one team actually but yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get some sunday nighters you'll get thrown in on a monday night maybe two yeah also if you watch on social media i know there's gonna be a bunch of band even more bandwagon bucks fans than there already is you can tell a real bucks fan from a fake bucks fan by how many c's they put after the bu if they're saying bucks and it's buc it's a true bucks fan but if they put bucc they're a bandwagoner interesting a little lesson in sniffing out uh bandwagon fans from justin the other thing you could do is uh you could just ask him who number 47 on your team used to be uh john lynch who's going to the hall of fame yeah no joke dude what a what a week it's been for the Bucks. I mean, I know you got the new Super Bowl champs. You got some callbacks to your old Super Bowl champs. Uh, that's awesome. And what I was going to say about the Hall of Fame, real quick, just in general, what a stacked class this year. Yeah, no joke, dude. Peyton Manning, John Lynch, Alan Fanica. Uh, if you don't know that name, very dominant Steelers center from about 10 plus years ago. I know because he played against the Seahawks in Super Bowl 40. Uh, Calvin Johnson, just great class. Great yeah, it, class. It is an exceptional class. 
Um, so I guess I'll ask you the shout out question. Who's your shout out this week? <laughs> if you can narrow it down. I want to shout out a man that didn't have a big game during the Super Bowl, but helped get us there. I'm going to shout out Scotty Miller. That guy, Scotty Miller, without you, we would not have even been in the Super Bowl. You played amazing during the playoffs. I look forward to seeing what you will do in the next year and the coming years. He's got a heck of a last name. I'll give him that. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I think, I think that's a good one. Scotty Miller has been huge in your guys's, uh, not only you run this postseason, but just your whole season. He's been that X factor guy in many games. You're not here without his play. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. My shout out. I'm taking it back home. Uh, I have to shout out Russell Wilson, the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Finally, I say I feel like he could have gotten this award every year since he's been in the league. Uh, I'm glad that he's finally getting the recognition that he deserves for his tremendous off the field work in the Seattle community. I watched uh, him on the pregame show for the Super Bowl, and he talked about one thing that bums him out horribly about COVID is that he can't go visit the Seattle children's hospital every Tuesday, like he used to do. Uh, he's just a great guy. I am obviously speaking from some bias here, but as somebody who's followed Russell Wilson, since he came in in 2012, I, I I'm very hesitant to give myself role models in sports. Uh, in fact, I try not to do it usually, but Russell Wilson is the one exception to that. I think he's a tremendous human being. I think he is well-deserving of this, uh, the highest honor in terms of community mm -hmm. service that the NFL gives out. So that's my shout out this week to Russell Wilson. Congrats, number three. I hope you get another one and continue to do the great things you do. That's a good shout out. Russell Wilson does seem like he is an outstanding gentleman. Um, even though he makes a lot of money and they say that money corrupts people, but yeah. he seems like an outstanding man. You also like him because on the pregame show, he picked the bucks. Yeah, man. He was one of the believers. He was, <laughs> he certainly was. I will eat my words as I'm sure. Hopefully all of the get back guys from last week do too. We, as you know, all picked against you and you yep. got the last lap. So, yep. That's it is, it is very nice. Um, but I think it, it is important to not gloat about it. I am, I am very happy with how it turned out though. Yeah. Oh, well, shocker. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. I know you've thank been you, on cloud you. nine since Sunday and it's going to take a while to come down. Uh, did you rub it into any students? Did you? Oh, I did. I, I, I was pretty insufferable actually when I got back. I had some students that were like, especially some Green Bay students that were like, oh, they're going to lose to the Chiefs. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so I, I had to rub it into their face a little bit. I, I tried not to be too. That's one of the best parts about winning it all, though, is I, I will say I haven't talked to him since it happened. He did Snapchat me and say congrats. But my, our friend Kyle Mitchell, who's been on the podcast a few times, I officially get to say that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are Tampa Bay legends. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever I refer to them, assuming they end their careers in Tampa, 
I get to say Tampa legend Tom Brady. Dude, I've got to say is no longer Patriots. Along that line, I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter like after the Super Bowl the other night, the Patriots twitter account tweeted out a congratulations to brady and gronk and it just felt desperate it just was kind of sad i didn't see that they're, they were just know. like yeah congratulations brady and gronk you know two of the best to ever do and it's like no let them go let them go you had your time <laughs> let them go <laughs> uh patriots fans yeah this has to be a weird time for them right now so it's funny though it's funny <laughs> yeah all right well uh we're going to keep this episode a little bit on the shorter end tonight. We just wanted to make it a Super Bowl recap. We wanted to let Justin let loose after winning the big one. I think you've efficiently done that, yes? I think so. I am sure I will mention it plenty more times over, over the course of the, the next year, but... Yeah, well, as you should, man. You got bragging rights for a whole year now. You might as well use them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be nice. For, well, anyone, for anyone that wants to see what Justin looked like the minute the game was over, we have it pinned to the top of our Twitter account right now. Uh, the expansion BU1, I took a video of him at certain points throughout the game. Uh, that one when they won you were like a little kid on christmas and i encourage everybody listening to go check that out uh speaking of listeners i saw we have our new zealand listener back oh that's good back again please please (laughs) reach out to us we'd love to know who you are this mystery person uh yeah i think it's awesome anyway i think that's gonna about wrap us tonight if you've got nothing else um, there was one other thing that, uh, I did want to mention, um, on Tuesday, Marty Schottenheimer did pass away, which yeah. is a big hit to the football world. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think it would be nice to talk about him a little bit more. Um, but I think that might be something for another day. Maybe, a you, you know, know, it might be a good, good little, little side or shoot off episode to talk about him and his, his crazy career. Yeah, yeah, what a career he had. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, obviously someone who was very uh, involved in that organization. So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about him more at length at a later date. Yeah, very sad news. But if uh, we've got nothing else, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. And for listening, wherever you listen from, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you can find us on all of those platforms. Like I said earlier, you can find us on Twitter at the expansion BU1. Make sure to check us out every Thursday. We publish for you bright and early in the mornings on Thursday. Thank you all for tuning in one more time. And never forget, party like it's 1976.